Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas as we roll into September. Hey, and look, September 1st, Friday, this September 1st is a very important day for the state of Texas, for your parental rights, for kids, for colleges, a lot of reasons. We're going to get into that in just a minute. We might talk a little bit of football. All right. A lot of college teams getting their football season started this week. And, uh, you know, I might be at a college. Well, I'm going to be at a college high school game. Uh, excuse me, a um, high school football game tomorrow. My son is a senior and he is uh, a member of the varsity team. And so excited about that. Uh, and look, there's a lot of things that we talk about that relate to some of these issues. Schools, sports, fairness, uh, what's going on in our culture, not only in the state, but across the country. But at Texas Values, we focus on the issues of faith family and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And, you know, that's sort of specific, but it's got a little bit of broadness to it. I'll tell you what, our guest today, he can go one way or the other, not politically, okay, as far as issues. All right, he, he's got quite the scope, quite the range, much more than myself. And that's because he's got a lot of experience when it comes to media and particularly talk radio. Mark Davis is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. He is the dean of Texas Talk Radio. He's been on the airways for over 40 years He's very well known in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for sure, where he broadcasts primarily out of 660 AM and has for many years. Uh, he's made his way around the country, uh, some adventures along the way, I'm sure, after his degree from University of Maryland. And he's so happy that he's been back in Texas for many decades. Mark, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Jonathan, thank you so much. What an absolute pleasure to be here. And purely for the live consumers, totally my fault with the delay. I'm surrounded <laughs> by it. millions of dollars of radio equipment, but our internet is from the no year problem. 1991. So anyway, great to be with you. Thank you so much. No, no, no problem at all. And look, you know, you have a show you do every day, okay, in the morning. And I want you to talk a little bit about that. We do this once a week as far as scheduled. Now, we do other videos, some specials, some live things from time to time. But as far as a schedule every day, excuse me, once a week, we do this time slot. So I don't know what it's like if you got to do it every day. I mean, that's going to be quite a responsibility. You probably got a lot more people working for you than I do, even though Ashley from our team is doing a great job in our in-house studio. But you've got to, you and I've got to spend a little bit more time together. I know we've known each other for a while, but interacting a little bit more. And I know you've got a wide audience, but just in case some people are new to our show and maybe haven't heard you before, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're involved in talk radio. Sure. I have been, you, you had the, the, the starting point and the ending point. The book, the book ends precisely correct. Uh, I was born in San Antonio. Dad was in the Air Force. I'm a native Texan. Can't take that away from me, even though we shipped out. When I was like 18 months old, I spent most of my upbringing in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., while Dad was stationed at the Pentagon. So I graduate from Maryland, go start playing radio. I'm a reporter in West Virginia, in Jacksonville, Florida, and that's where the first talk show drops in my lap. And from Jacksonville, it's to Memphis, Tampa briefly, Washington, D.C., back to, to my sort of adopted hometown there for a bit. And then in 1994, back here to WVAP in Dallas, Fort Worth for 18 years. And then for the last almost 12 here at 660 AM, the answer. And when the talk show thing, it, it just has to be a God thing because people would always tell me, I was a pretty okay reporter, I guess, uh, back in the day when you tried to present both sides of a story, a long lost art now. But people said that with some wacky personality reason or something that I should really be doing something more than just the nuts and bolts of reporting on stuff. So when I was just shy of my 25th birthday, 
when the station in Jacksonville said, hey, do you want to do a talk show for virtually no money? I said, I am in. And I guess, <laughs> right. that, was, I guess that was a good day. That was 1982, because here I am now with a wonderful audience in Texas and around the country filling in on some Salem Media Group stations. With today's internet and Twitter and, uh, and listening through the app, we've got listeners all over the world anyway. And it gives me the great opportunity to be uh, in great company with fantastic shows like yours. We're talking with Mark Davis. He hosts a daily show on 660 AM in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, 6 AM to 9 AM in the morning. Is that right? Uh, seven to 10. It's weird because usually seven to morning drive, morning drive radio yeah. tends to start at six, if not five. We have Hugh Hewitt on the Salem Radio Network, who's on before me. And they said, well, listen, let's do something kind of interesting. Let's start Mark. When I started here in 2012, they said, let's start the Mark Ace show at, at 7 and go till 10, which means yeah. I'm starting a little later than many morning drive shows, but going a little deeper in the day. I think it's a perfect uh, pocket in which to fit to start no, people's days. I would agree with you. controversies I, of the moment. No, I, I would agree with you. And you know what's interesting? I mean, talk radio, I don't know. You're going to know the market better than me. But my perception and experience is, I mean, it still seems very strong. Now that we've got all these other media, these other ways that people can receive information, XM, all these other different things, you might have thought, you know, this is going to get diluted. Maybe talk radio is going to suffer. I don't know. Maybe it has. Maybe you're just really good. And so your show's always been good. But I think by and large, it, it you know, talk radio has found a way to stick around. And, you know, I think part of that is because many of us, particularly in Texas, we're still in the car a lot, right? And we might go to XM or a podcast, but there's something about that live sort of local show. You know, people call in from time to time. That's just unique. And I will tell you, you might've been, I mean, you're a little bit, you know, you graduated college a little bit before I did, but not that far away. And I imagine Rush Limbaugh was getting real popular when you were started. And the reason I bring that up, is I don't have my family doesn't even have any background in the work that I do, but I used to work with my dad in summers and weekends and stuff. And he had some delivery work that he would do. And we'd be in the van together listening to Rush Limbaugh. You know, that's where I started hearing about some of these things. Didn't really understand at the time the impact it was having on me. But later on, it all clicked. And I mean, I imagine, you know, he was someone that was really getting going as you were getting started. Completely right. Now, I started back in 82, and Limbaugh kicked in about, about 88, and I saw the industry. I mean, there was talk radio pre-Limbaugh, yeah. but but he made it clear that not only are you talking about drive time, but remember that the most popular show in the history of talk radio was on in the middle of the day. It wasn't on when people were driving <laughs> to work. It wasn't on when people were driving up. They found their way to the Limbaugh show. And a moment ago, you put your finger right there. Like, I like satellite radio. I love podcasts, especially the good ones like y'all's. Uh, but there is no, there will never be a substitute, I don't believe. There will never be a substitute for some guy in your town, like I am here yeah. in DFW. Oh, yeah. Can I talk about Biden? Can I talk about, uh, you know, the latest you got China? Of course I can. But if you talk about the Dallas Cowboys? Precise. Well, hopefully we'll have a lot of good talk about this year. But we can talk about a local school board, for example. Mm -hmm. They've done something crazy, and I'm able to lock into that locally in a way that no nationally broadcast show can. So there will always be a space for that kind of local radio. Well, and, and no, I appreciate that. And let's take the scope a little bit bigger. It'll matter to Dallas-Fort Worth listeners, but certainly across the state. 
This Friday is September 1st. This is the effective date for a lot of new laws in the state of Texas, and many of them touch on issues that you and I've talked about. I know that you're interested in some of these gender issues, men trying to compete in women's sports. So a lot of those laws that are going to affect that protect us here in the state of Texas that don't allow those things to happen. Um, you know, sexual content in public schools. We know Carroll ISD, Grapevine, Colleyville, Keller, those school districts have gotten very involved. Parents have said, we've had enough of this, but now we've got some statewide laws on this. Um, now, ACLU has sued on many of these, and we might hear some decisions today and tomorrow, but at this point, all those laws are set to go into effect. The Save Women Sports issue uh, has not been sued. That law has not been sued by the ACLU or anyone else, so we've got a clear pathway on September 1st for that to go into effect. But, you know, look, these issues seem to be surrounding us. I'm glad the legislature's doing something, but the fight's not over. I mean, we've got a, you know, laws passed. People got to take advantage of it, make sure it's being followed and make sure people know about it in their community and no one is deceiving them on this. So of course they do. And, and look what you've just described. There's a, a long list of things, some of which doesn't seem to be facing uh, immediate uh, lawsuit pushback, but much of it does. And we're in a world where a legislature can pass something that is the definition of common sense. The absolute, right. it, it shouldn't even be conservative versus liberal. How many genders are there? Should there be a critical race theory curriculum that teaches kids to hate the country and hate each other? There should be a universal distaste for that. But I'll tell you what, no matter what the debates may be, if a law passes that says you're not gonna do this or you're not gonna do that, you, in, in a sane world, the winners go, glad we won, and the losers on the political side dust themselves off and say, okay, we'll live to fight another day or maybe on another issue. Now, every time these bedrock faith family type laws pass, they're instantly challenged in court, partly because nobody has any restraint anymore, and secondly, because they know that they might actually find success in a leftist judiciary. Just yeah. these past couple of days as we're recording this, we had Austin uh, judge knock down the very sensible law from the state government that says that individual cities can't go making stuff up and passing ordinances that violate state law. Hello, yeah. that, that's a no-brainer once it passes. And yet you can find a judge to, to, to file an injunction against it. And as long as they know that's available to them, they'll give it a try. Well, and thankfully, we've got some judges at the appellate level because of the Trump administration putting new judges in, and we've got a Texas Supreme Court that is all Republican. And so there's some backstops to that, but sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get that. And it's yeah. a matter of, are you going to contend to continue to fight on these different things. And I know that, you know, Ken Paxson's got his plate full, but the attorney general's office is working very hard to defend a lot of these great laws. The folks that are over there as, you know, things are going to get sorted out next week over at the Senate with, um, with Paxton and they're doing a fantastic job. And so I just want to do the shout out for them and commend them to that because, you know, like you said, it comes every, um, Every two years, this time, they'll file those lawsuits, and you got to be ready. And this is what I learned in law school, Mark. The law is a teacher. And if we got to put common sense in the law, we need to do it because the other side is trying to find every way to push the envelope and dare people, whether it's locally or at the statewide. And it's great to see school districts, though, up in the area where you are that have been proactive. But not only proactive, they're responding to year after year political liberal agendas, you know, calling parents domestic terrorists, telling kids, keep a secret, don't tell your parents that you're transgender, all these things that go against our fundamental values. And so you're seeing it up close. No doubt. I, I want to borrow that quote that the law is a teacher. 
and, and go a step further with it because just like a teacher does, a teacher can teach, a teacher can impart wisdom, but if the kids aren't listening or if a yeah. classroom is unruly, to further the metaphor, and that's what we have now, the law should be a teacher. But we now have a classroom filled with misbehaving students who hear what the teacher teaches, hear what the law says, and they mouth off anyway. And that's the additional fight that we have to face. And the point you made about some of the school districts up here, especially the Carroll ISD, which is in Southlake, uh, the NBC News ran an entire podcast to vilify and condemn them. And it was called, you know, Southlake, like some other stigma to like Auschwitz or, you know, some other stigmatized location or something terrible has happened. And the terrible thing that happened is conservatives are running for school board seats and winning and issuing sensible rules for schools on what ought to be at the school shelves and how many genders are there, which will always get you a lot of pushback. And there's an old World War II bomber pilot saying, if you're catching flack, that's how you know you're over the target. So God bless well, them school districts doing what they're doing. No, and I'll tell you, Mark, even here in Austin ISD from time to time, we see some liberal left-leaning parents that push back too. And they might agree with some of the things the school district's doing, but they don't agree with being left out in the dark and not being told what's going to happen ahead of time, having their parental rights violated. Because a lot of people, no matter what the issue is, that sort of causes them to be suspicious. You know, well, what are you hiding? What's really going on? And so from time to time, you'll see that come up. And I think that's why in some of these bills that have been passed by the legislature, you have bipartisan support. And it's primarily Republicans, but there are some Democrats that are jumping on and they think it's out of control, too. I want to take a little bit broader. You had Riley Gaines on your show. Speaking of the college sports issue, what a phenomenal young lady. She spent a lot of time with us here uh, in Texas at some of our events. She got to spend time with the governor. I think that was key to that bill getting passed, uh, the two of them getting together. But, you know, look, to be 22, 23 year old, years old, however she is now, and being out there, you know, talking about this all the time, you know, really, I mean, she's gotten attacked several times. But, you know, that I just, you know, to see that kind of leadership, it does give me some hope for this country and this state. It does, me too, because because uh, you can say all these things and be correct about them. I can say all these things and be correct about them when an actual athlete Yep. steps forward and says, look, I was in the pool with a dude. I yep. got to see his genitalia in the locker room, the competitive, the social, the privacy concerns. She and people like her with the kind of courage to walk the point on these battles, they can have impact that is far harder to argue against because who in the world would, would walk up to, to an actual high achieving athlete like Riley Gaines and say you are wrong when you say that it's unfair to swim against men or some other athlete who might say you are wrong when you say you don't want to see a man's private parts in the locker room with you. This is exactly the kind of thing as you touched on a few moments ago. Well, you don't have to be a conservative Republican to believe that's it. right. There are liberals who still have something like a brain stem and something like common sense, or maybe they have kids themselves or a daughter on the track team. And that gives them clarity too, which leads me to this the following quick uh, observation. Whether it's Trump or the DeSantis campaign or anybody who talks a lot about the wokeness agenda, which is a lot of what faith, family, and freedom is about. But many times they say it dismissively, oh, how much value is there in fighting against wokeness? 
Wokeness is a threat to our freedom, a threat to our parenting, a threat to our children themselves. And that is actually the kind of thing that does have broad appeal, which is why when you hear people say, hey, Republicans, don't talk about that stuff so much. They don't have our best interests at heart. They're scared to death of us talking about it. They're scared to death of people like Texas Values because they know that you guys are winning. And that means that that will bring changes that they don't want. No, I appreciate the shout out too to Texas Values. And as a matter of fact, we're going to be covering a lot of these issues at our big event, September 15th and 16th here in Austin, the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. Six year in a row we've had this event. It's the largest event in the state of its kind. And Leah Thomas, that male swimmer that was on the women's team, uh, his teammate, Paula Scanlon, she's come forward now. She's going to be at the event. Abby Johnson, former Trump Religious Freedom Ambassador Sam Brownback. We're hoping to have a presentation also from Riley Gaines. A number of wonderful speakers. And, you know, I'll tell you, um, it's hard to put these events on. It takes a lot of work, but it's necessary. We got to make sure people understand and to connect with people, to your point, that have been involved in it. We're talking with Mark Davis. He is the dean of talk radio he hosts a daily show from 7 to 10 on 660 a.m primarily in the dallas fort worth area but i'm sure you can pick him up online podcasts no matter where you are and you know look we've loved getting a chance to work with riley we've worked with other athletes here in the state of texas i don't know if you saw this by the way mark it was either yesterday or early today remember keith oberman who remembers keith oberman washed up reporter used to be with espn I'm not kidding you. He tweeted at Riley that you're just not a good athlete. You're just not good enough. That's why you're whining and you're a sore loser. Basically, I was like, are you kidding me? And, you know, Riley, she didn't let it go. And she was like, I don't know exactly what she said. Something to the effect of, oh, we can all see now why you got fired from ESPN. I mean, the guy's not even relevant anymore. And to take a shot like that. But that is how some people think. Right. This is some and I'm not getting so much into the, the show and stuff, but there are a lot of guys like that that are going to shame girls. They don't want these women, I think, at times to have some of that glory and have opportunities. And I mean, they've probably never been through the sacrifice that you have to go through to be a level. I mean, Riley still holds many NCAA records from the SEC and she's been out of swimming for a year now. Uh, but, you know, to have the courage that she does. And I mean, I bet you more people know who Riley Gaines now than they know about Keith Oberman. If they have said it in the last few years, you're completely right. And it, it, it also proves that almost none of this is about sex and almost none of it is about race because Keith Oberman is a man. Riley Gaines is a woman. Liberal women do not line up behind Riley Gaines. This is the major women's rights issue of our time. It's huge. And yet, and yet, and yet where's the National Organization for Women? Where are the feminists who used to be counted on to fight for women's rights they are absent on this because this doesn't uh, no look i've got a third line up with usual liberal political knowing no i'm with you 100 i got a 13 year old daughter who's in uh competitive sports and you know look i mean for her she's already talking about could this give me an opportunity in college, you know, and, and having that conversation? I've just been supporting her. These are things that she's thinking about on her own. And so the more that men compete for those spots and get them in an unfair uh, way, you know, it's going to continue to have an impact. But having these young leaders step forward, we're now seeing more people. There's a new coach that has made a public statement. That's a key. we got to have more of these coaches. But I want to I saw something you put on Twitter. 
um, a little bit on this issue, but maybe sort of how this is going to affect the business market. Uh, a libs of TikTok uh, post that you put up that a Dave and Buster's, not in Texas, but we got to watch out for this in Wisconsin, is having a drag queen show. And I think the title of it makes it clear they want it to be for children. I mean, they're targeting children in these events. And now you got a big corporation like Dave and Buster's getting in the middle of this. And uh, to anybody watching and listening, you know what to do. We did it to yeah. Bud Light. We've done it exactly. to Disney. We've done it to those Harry's shaving products, those weird trans commercial campaigns that they had. I, I'm not like Dave and Buster's. I got nothing against them. But then they corporately decide, well, I do now. They corporately decide to take sides in this perverse sexualization of children. That is something that cannot go unpunished. In the marketplace, and everybody, I'm sure you've heard it too. Why are you all so obsessed about drag shows? I don't give two flips about drag shows. If it's a bunch of drunk straight people walking into a bar and watching a bunch of guys dressed up as women, yeah. I'm a little person who cares. But when you drag children into this, when you make it a part of the agenda, and that's what it is, that it's all part of the blurring of the lines between what manhood exactly and right. womanhood are defined as, that's when everybody has to start caring. No, look, I think you're absolutely right. We're talking with Mark Davis. He is the dean of talk radio. He's been in uh, talk radio for decades, one of the most successful talk radio hosts, certainly in the state of Texas. You can hear him on 660 AM in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, 7 to 10 live every morning. And I'm sure on podcast and um, through the internet. You know, it, it is interesting, though, because uh, we, we see this shift in a lot of issues where you know, whether it's LGB or the T that are that are trying to have the kids lured more into this. And there is good reason for people to be concerned. We're going to have a decision on a case regarding that issue. Senate Bill 12, we're told out of Houston either today or tomorrow. Um, all right. We got just a little time left. And as a matter of fact, Ashley, the timer's not working. So you might slip me a note of how much time I have left. Um, Coach Kennedy. All right. Coach Kennedy. All right. I got six minutes left. Coach Kennedy is go and you remember the case, all right? This is the coach Absolutely. out of Washington, took a knee on the 50-yard line, won his case at the Supreme Court um, after seven or eight years. He's going back on the field for the first time tomorrow. You talk about Friday night lights in the state of Texas. I'm sure it's big in Washington. I've been at one of those events where we got religious freedom for somebody involved in a, um, a high school case. This was about seven or eight years ago, and it is riveting. The hair on my uh, body, was, on my skin was standing up. There was, you know, there was law enforcement, all that kind of stuff. You got the lights, everything going on. I bet it's going to be an incredible opportunity, an incredible moment. We're going to be publicizing that, too. But you know what? Eight years He's now getting a chance to exercise that religious freedom. But that tells us we can win on these issues. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but you got to stand firm. Persistence stays. Your group does it. Legal, actual legal groups like First Liberty and Alliance Defending Freedom fighting these battles in actual courtrooms all the way to the Supreme Court. For those unfamiliar with Coach Joe, at no point did he say, okay, everybody, you better come here and pray to Jesus now or you're off the team. It was a voluntary exercise on yep. his part, I believe, after the game, right? And so people said, oh, no, we can't have any kind of re remote religious behavior on anything that happens to be school property at any time. And case after case has shown that's not the case. The rallies around the flagpole that students of faith will do before school. I understand the need for schools doctrinally to be religiously neutral and not try to proselytize. But, but students 
uh, teachers, coaches on their own time do still have some free exercise liberty. And so I could not be a bigger fan of the way that case took. And sometimes it's a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah, well, look, it is a double standard, right? You can take a knee to protest the national anthem and the flag, but you can't take a knee, you know, in prayer. And I mean, look, in God we trust is our national motto. It still is. All right, real quick hit. What do you think is going to happen in the Paxson trial next week? The people who, the Republicans particularly in the House, who voted to impeach him are quaking in their boots because they fear now that this trial may not show Ken Paxton to be the demon spawn that they needed to be. It's in the hands of 31 senators, 19 of them are Republicans, and they've got a question they've got to ask themselves. They must look at the evidence, they should look at the evidence, but part of their decision, since it's not, they're not juries in a criminal trial, they are their political people in a political trial. If they're aware of what every single one of their districts want, there's no such thing as a GOP senator who came from a district elected by people who want Paxton impeached. They better remember that or there will be a consequence. Now, it's going to be interesting. You know, our office is right across the street from the Capitol. If people come in town for that, and there's a lot of interest. You want to come by the office, get some AC, get, get a bottle of water. We're at 1005 Congress. Y'all can check us out. Mark, you did a great job today, of course. You set the standard. I'm taking notes over here. I always got a lot to learn. And in your voice in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but across the country is so valuable, so important, talking about the issues that need to be talked about, but also injecting and letting people know these things are common sense. So God bless you. Thank you for all that you do. Mark Davis has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Appreciate you, Mark. All right, we got a couple minutes left. That was fun. Man, what a what an Thank honor to have so him much. on. What an well, honor I'll to have Mark what, on. Right I, you know, and look, I'm serious about learning things. I don't have a show every day. That takes a lot of commitment. That takes a lot of skill, right? You got to continue to keep people interested one day after the other. And he's good at, at the entertainment, the, you know, the humor, but also being relevant. Stay, you know, he stays um, involved and also aware of what's going on. So check him out on Twitter. And we're going to be posting some stuff after we do this, uh, some clips and so on. And we hope to uh, be on his show, back on his show soon. Listen, if you see value in our work, continue, uh, excuse me, consider donating at txvalues.org. You can make a tax deductible donation. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We really need your support. It is the end of the month. If you're watching live on August 31st here on Thursday, and listen, you might want to use some of that money and make a donation to help with the expenses for our event. But you should come to the event as well, September 15th and 16th, the Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. There are so so many incredible names, so many incredible speakers. And think about the organizations, First Liberty Institute, Heritage Foundation, America's First Policy Institute, American Principles Project, uh, you name it, they're going to be here, all right, and some local groups as well. Still time to get tickets. Sam Brownback from the Trump administration, a whole host of people, txvalues.org. That's the website to check out the event. Come so we can educate, motivate, and activate you on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And that does us for this week. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.